Hey guys, welcome back to Kindled. I'm your host, Haley. I have an amazing episode for you today with my friend, Kelly Garms, all about studying the Bible to know God. But before I get into that, I have a couple announcements. First off, if you have not left a review for Kindled, I would love for you to do that. You can click right over to the podcast app, uh, leave a star rating and review, and that will help people find us because that does boost the podcast uh, getting shown in search results by the podcast app's uh, algorithm. It's very complicated. I don't really understand how it works. I just know that your review helps. So thank you in advance for that. Uh, The next announcement is Patreon and our Patreon community, which is growing every single week with women just like you who want more content. They want more episodes from me and uh, more than they are getting on Kindled once a week. Um, So you're getting double the amount of episodes because you're getting one Monday and then Friday is when I release Patreon only episodes, which are called Firestarters. Um, as well as a live Zoom call every month with everyone in the group. Um, And then beyond that, we just this week launched a Discord group, uh, which that's an app, but it's basically a chat platform app so that everyone in Patreon can get to know one another and actually talk throughout the week. So we're just kind of getting that group going and building out some channels in there so that People can get to know the other women inside of the Patreon community, which is really fun. I am just, I am so blessed and happy to see how this community is growing. It's not even something that was in my mind a year ago, um, but I, I am really thankful for the women in there and the opportunity to get to know you guys more because this is very one sided. <laughs> like having a podcast, I am talking into a mic, I am alone in my office. I interact with you online on Instagram, but beyond that, it's really, really hard um, to really know, like, what are you guys thinking about? What's resonating with you? What do you want to hear more about? And so I am so thankful for this community helping me get more of a pulse on what is the most helpful for my listeners. So uh, where can you learn more about that? Patreon.com slash Kindled Podcast. All right, let's get into my conversation with Kelly Garms. Kelly, thanks for being here today. Oh, I am so excited to be here. Uh, I have been internet friends with you, Instagram friends with you for, I don't know, a couple of years now, right? Yeah, it's been a little while. Mm -hmm. But we've never met in person, even though we only live about three hours away. Well, we were supposed to meet in person at NARO and then we didn't go. So (laughs) I know. Yeah. Then COVID ruined everything. Yes, it did. Um, well, I'm glad that you're here today. You're going to be, uh, sharing with us about Bible study and some of what you have learned in your own pursuit of God over the last few years. Uh, but before we get into that, would you just introduce yourself to listeners and tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. So like you said, my name is Kelly Garms and my husband, Mark, and I live in Missouri with our two teenagers and our boxer pup. Um, we own our own business, but it is kind of his baby. I show up one day a week and do the books and that's about it. My main focus right now is homeschooling our kids, but like I said, they're teens. So there's a lot of independent learning going on. Mm -hmm. So it, um, freed up some time for me and the Holy spirit laid it on my heart to start a ministry last year because it was 2020. So the ministry is online. Um, but it is the Bible study Academy and, what I do is I teach women to study the Bible on their own. So they don't have to depend on somebody else to tell them what it means. So that's my passion. I love doing that. 
Yeah. I think it is um, so needed because, uh, man, it's, it, it can be overwhelming when you don't really know where to begin, how to, how to dive in, you know, you don't want to come away with like the wrong interpretation. And so you're just, if people aren't sure, they just maybe avoid it or go to a trusted teacher for that information. You know, they, they turn somewhere else, which we're going to talk about. Um, but I'm really grateful that you are stepping into that space and sharing what you have learned. So, um, speaking of that, what is your story with, you know, God primarily, but also with Bible study, how did this become something that you were passionate about? I grew up on the mission field. I was three months old when we landed on the mission field. So ministry has always been part of my life. Um, and then I went to Bible college and I have a master's degree from a Bible college from a seminary. Um, but because I grew up in a Christian home and my dad was a pastor, I, anytime I had a question about the Bible, anytime I had a question about anything spiritual, theological, doctrinal, I would go to him. I wouldn't go to the scriptures. Honestly, I don't know that I would have even known where to look in the scriptures. Um, I knew the Bible. I was saved at a very young age. Um, I could win all of the Bible trivia games. Um, I knew all of those answers, but when it came to how it lit, how it was lived out practically in my life, I, there was a disconnect. I didn't know how to do that. Um, but you know, there were times in my life, it was up and down where I would pursue, um, Bible study, or I would pursue a relationship, a deeper relationship with God. But even then, I think thinking back on it, they were, it was probably for selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the circles that I ran in drinking, wasn't cool. Smoking wasn't cool. Um, being godly was cool because we, I was always surrounded by other missionary kids. I was always surrounded by people in ministry, Bible college, that kind of stuff. Um, and so it became very much about my image. Um, and then I, I got married, I had kids, God started stripping away every confidence that I had. Um, I was confident in myself and I started failing. I felt like I was failing at everything that I tried. Um, I had confidence in my dad. My dad started developing um, Alzheimer's. And so he couldn't communicate with us very well anymore. Um, I had confidence in my marriage. My husband and I hit a rocky spot in our marriage and, and we worked through it. But God stripped that confidence away. So that I had nothing left but to turn to him. Um, and so that's what, that's what happened. Uh, one day I just said, I can't do this anymore. You're going to have to do it. And we know as believers that we're supposed to read our Bible. We know as believers that we're supposed to spend time in prayer, but it's hard. It's hard. It's just like when you want to go on a diet or you want to lose weight, you know that it's all about diet and exercise, mm-hmm. but that's hard. And so you turn to the, the shakes and the pills and the wraps and all of those things to help make it easier. And that's what we do with Bible studies and Mm -hmm. devotional books. We turn to other people to tell us what the Bible says because it's easier. But the problem is then we're not truly developing that relationship with God. And so I started out with, um, big name Bible studies, just like everybody else does. Um, and then I got to a point where I was questioning what I was reading which was just the Holy spirit moving me. Um, and so then I started learning how to study it for myself and what 
the result of that was, um, is that my circumstances didn't change. My dad still had Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. I still, you know, didn't know how to cook, didn't enjoy being, um, you know, cleaning my house. Um, wasn't able really to help my husband with the business. I was still married to the same man that knew how to push my buttons, but I, I, my confidence was still growing because I was no longer confident in myself or my dad or my marriage. I began to be confident in God and what he had done. And he changed my heart. So my circumstances didn't change, but I changed because I was spending time in the word. And then I got to talking to other women that were struggling with the same thing. And that's when um, the Holy spirit started moving me to start this ministry. Mm, wow, man, that's so cool. I think people probably can relate with a lot of the things that you just shared, um, both in, you know, how you grew up and maybe for those of us who grew up in the church, uh, and can relate with this idea that of pursuit of knowledge and righteousness, you know, by any means was, is kind of, was like how to be in, how to be liked, how to be uh, successful or to feel good or feel safe, you know, and I, I, that was kind of where I came from as well. Um, having been raised in the church and, I, I don't like, I don't wish for a, a more stark, like black and white, here was my life before Christ. Here's my life after. And, and yes, there, there was a, a shift, of course, a transformation from darkness into light. Um, but I, the thing that I think a lot of people miss is that those, those experiences, um, that, that those of us had when we were not living a life that looked unlike a Christian life, you know, it looked very much like, like we were just following Christ. We always had been, you know, mm-hmm. is that there's a whole nother set of things that we have to overcome. Like not maybe some of the, the, the obvious sins that people would see on the outside, but really deep heart level pursuits of righteousness by another means than Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, beliefs that like we could make ourselves, good enough for God, or we could be smart enough for God or have enough knowledge or wisdom, or just amass enough information that would finally kind of put us over the edge in some way. I mean, I don't know. That's at least where, where I, I kind of came from and I'm still unlearning and, um, I won't use the word deconstructing, but just, uh, you know, realizing some of those, those lies. Um, did you feel that that was, something that you had to overcome in your desire to like know God yourself and, and learn the Bible for yourself? Oh, absolutely. I think it's very easy for us to become arrogant in Mm -hmm. our knowledge. Um, There was a process of humbling that God did in my life. Uh, I had never really failed at anything before all, you know, if I look back at anything that I wanted I knew that if I worked hard enough and, and that's, that's really the message that the world teaches. If you work hard enough, you can, you can be anything you want to be. And mm-hmm. that had been my experience. And then suddenly everything was falling apart. And it's not like I was losing people out of my life. It was just that my confidence in those things, God had to tear that down. I had become so arrogant in my knowledge. Um, I've told you this story before, but my sister went through a a pretty bad divorce and I gave her terrible advice. And that was kind of the wake up call for me because I just wanted him to hurt as much as he had hurt her. Um, Providentially, there were other people in her life that were giving her godly advice and she followed their advice and not mine. But that was kind of a wake up call for me. It was very humbling 
that I had been a Christian, as long as I had been a Christian and I had all of this knowledge and yet I still wanted to respond in a fleshly way to the things that were happening around me. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so relatable. (laughs) Like, I I feel like that's still relatable to me. And I, I know that we don't ever completely get beyond that you know the the flesh as long as we are still in the flesh is it's going to be a war it's going to be a battle but certainly there's you know there's opportunities like that where god shows you like hey you you know you might have all the right answers but if your gut reaction there is to you know be hateful or vitriolic or vengeful or make people pay like you've got you've got a long way to go you know, and just, yeah, to humble you before him and realize like, you're not all that you're not really holier than now. You're not really the goody two shoes that you prided yourself on being, um, just because you had the right answers or the information. So then if Bible study is not mostly about, you know, uh, knowledge, you know, I mean, what is it about? Because I think this maybe is gets into some of the reason that people don't want to study the Bible for themselves is they're afraid that they don't know enough and they don't know how, and they're not sure what they're supposed to get out of it or where to even begin. And, uh, and I would say that's where I was, you know, back when I would, I would be more likely to pick up a devotional or to pick up someone's book. Um, it was just easier, like you said, and and I could sort of trust that whatever they had gleaned was true, even though actually I couldn't, I thought I could. Um, so, so I, I, I asked you like five questions right there. Uh, what, how do we, how do we approach, Bible study? Is it, is it about knowledge, uh, you know, and not to demonize knowledge, but if it's not about that, then what is it about? There, I mean, there is an element of knowledge to it because if you think about, um, your marriage, the more you get to know your spouse, the more you should fall in love with them. And it's Mm -hmm. the same thing with God, but we shouldn't be pursuing Bible study to learn facts. We shouldn't be pursuing Bible study to, uh, memorize, you know, a a genealogy or the years or, you know, things like that. We Mm -hmm. should be pursuing knowledge in order to get to know God. Um, Jen Wilkins says in her book, um, women of the word that, uh, we, the book is not about us. The the Bible is not about us. It's about God. And so we should be pursuing knowledge of him. So then what happens is we, as we pursue, as we're reading scripture and we're looking for God in that scripture, either an attribute of God, a promise that he's given an instruction or a command that he gave, we're looking for who he is in scripture. We start to get a glimpse of his heart. We start to get a glimpse of who he is. And it takes a lot of the, the fear out of talking about the the scriptures. It takes a lot of the, um, this, you know, we're always afraid that if that someone's going to ask us a question, we don't know the answer to. But as we get to know God, those answers are there and they're all throughout scripture. One of the things that I said earlier that I I wouldn't even have known where to go in scripture to find the answers to the questions that I was taking to my dad. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me that what I have found is that the answers are everywhere. The answers to everything are in all of scripture because all of scripture is a story. It's, It's God telling us who he is. And so as we get a glimpse of his heart, it's really um, easy for us to start to recognize counterfeit gospels, right? It's easier for us to recognize when somebody is um, trying to act out of a false belief of who God is, 
because we, we see who he is. And you don't have to have the Bible memorized to see that because you've developed this relationship with him and the Holy spirit reveals things to you as you're reading scripture as well. Um, John tells us that Jesus is the word. So when we are studying the Bible, we aren't showing up alone. Jesus is showing up with us because we are studying Jesus. We are studying the word. And I know that sounds like really woo woo, but it's not, it's, it's, it's something that this is going to sound really cliche, but as you spend time in the word, the more time you spend in the word, the more time you want to spend in the word, because you start to recognize that it isn't a textbook. It's not about just accumulating knowledge. That knowledge has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to get to know God and to understand him and to, which we won't fully do, but the more we understand about him, the more we get a glimpse of who he really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, man. so much there that you, that you communicated so beautifully that it's not all about knowledge, but that it is about knowledge in some aspect. Um, yeah. Like it, I love the the spouse relationship because Ultimately, that is the picture that the Bible gives us is that we are the bride of Christ as the church. We are his bride and he's the bridegroom. And so when you think about how do you develop a relationship with your husband or with a friend, you know, like, do, is it just about, you know, let's say it was, if it was just about information and knowledge, you would develop like a rubric of questions, like hundreds of questions, and you would just seek out the answers to those questions. You would have them fill out the you know, fill out, fill out their answers or check the box or the radio button next to each one. Yes or no. Do you like this or this? What's your favorite ice cream? What's your favorite this? Where do you want to go someday? All these things. And you would think like, okay, I know this person, but like all you would know is things about them. You wouldn't necessarily know them because a person, because of how we are made, we are made in the image of God. We are more than just the facts about us. We're more than just the information that we contain or the opinions that we have. Mm -hmm. And the same is true for God. He's more than just the facts that we can know about him. Now, the facts do matter and they do help us understand who he is. Uh, the fact that he is omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, everywhere, omniscient, all-knowing, all of these things are really important facts to have about God. And they do, they're not nothing, but those three things alone cannot, they're not, they're not a person to know, you know, they're just attributes, they're attributes of God. And so, um, I think that that's helpful for people to remember. You're not just opening your Bible to try and get more information about something that happened in the past or about something that's going to happen in the future or about why something's happening today. You're opening your Bible to know a person. Mm -hmm. And the Bible is a primary means that God has given us to know him in this life, Um, which I think gets gets really overlooked a lot today. It's almost Mm -hmm. like, I mean, you, you could fall to so many ditches, you know, but you've got people that want to abandon the Bible for just knowing God directly, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't need the Bible, just like talk to God and he'll reveal things to you. Um, or you've got people that on the other stream, which we've covered are like, just know the Bible, like, you know, read, read and study and learn and get information and you're good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you avoid those ditches? And, and is there one that maybe is more, tempting for you? And, and what do you, how, how do you kind of avoid that? Um, that's kind of a loaded question. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about you, but recently it seems like a lot of those ditches have become more visible. Yeah. Um, a lot of false teaching has become more 
um, has come out of the shadows and we've been able to recognize it for what it is. Um, I think um, as, so as we spend time in the word, as we spend time with God and we get to know his heart, that that's the whole point of studying the Bible. When difficult questions come up that aren't specifically addressed in the Bible. So the Bible doesn't actually use the word abortion. So when someone comes to you and asks you a question about that, because you have gotten to know God, you know how to address that mm-hmm. when someone comes to, but, but I will say it's, <laughs> we're still human. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about this earlier, um, that as we grow in discernment, it's not just this steady uphill climb, you know, there are peaks and valleys. There are still things that, that we're going to fall for. There are still things that we are going to buy into not realizing that they're a false gospel. I mean, I became an Enneagram coach. Mm-hmm. Now I know that the Enneagram is actually a demonic tool. Um, I fell for the social gospel for a few days, you know, when everything happened with, with um, George Floyd. Um, but I very quickly, the Holy Spirit, because I was in the word, I was very yeah. quickly able to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are So there are ditches that we're gonna fall into but we have to be sensitive to how the Holy spirit moves. Um, right. I, when I first started this journey, one of the first Bible studies that I did was the Beth Moore study on James. Um, and I, I loved it. Um, since then I have seen things in Beth Moore's life that I realize are not in line with what I believe scripture teaches. Mm-hmm. And now when I think back to that study, there are, there were red flags. There were things that she said in the study that I should have recognized, but I wasn't at a place where I was sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to recognize those things. So we have to, we have to keep that relationship going. We have to keep the line of communication open and be willing to adjust when we fall into one of those ditches. And it's, it's not always easy. It's Mm -hmm. sometimes it's very humbling but yeah. we have to understand that we're not living for this life. We're living for eternity. And so that kind of helps to, okay, yes, this is going to be embarrassing, but it's not going to be for eternity. <laughs> so. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. I like, I got chills as you were talking, because as you were sharing that you, um, you know, that you recognize you fell into a couple things that now you would say, okay, that's clearly out of bounds. I, I don't, I don't believe that's biblical, like the Enneagram and social justice gospel, um, as examples, you fell into those, um, for some amount of time, but you were in the Bible in some way, shape or form enough Mm -hmm. to where God used his word to convict you. And Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, that is the entire point. You know, it's like, it's almost like that's all we need to say here is you're not supposed to be perfect. You're not supposed to you know, avoid every single possible ditch or false teaching and just be like this little detector that's like, eh, 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 you know, all the time, like going off, like yelling at people who are getting things wrong. But when we are, if we are as believers in God's word, he will use it to convict us. He will use us, use it to redirect us where we need redirecting, whether that is in a heart attitude, the way we're treating our children, the way we're thinking about our relationship with our husband, the way we're dealing with family, the way we're teaching the Enneagram, the way we're approaching justice issues in the world, like whatever it might be, he is going to use his word 
to do those things in your heart that he needs to do and mm-hmm. to get you back to, um, you know, the, the core, uh, what is true, what is right, what is noble, what is um, pure, what is lovely, like all of those things, because the word is powerful to do that. It's mm-hmm. it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It is living and active. It is not just an old book. And, and that gets into understanding like, what is the Bible and is it authoritative? And is it, you know, is it really, was it written by men or was it written by God through men? Um, which might be beyond the scope of what we can cover today. Maybe we can get into a couple of those questions, but I just think that's so cool that God even used, you know, your own little, um, you know, veering off the, the narrow way in a sense, like taking a couple steps off to just go explore over here. And he's like, Nope, come back here, come back to the center. And, and he's faithful and good to do that. Like he is a good father. He loves us. He does not want us to wander. And so, but we also have to be obedient, you know? And so it's like, if you're going to wander and, and not listen and not be obedient and not read the Bible and not seek to know God in his heart and, and just look everywhere else, but the primary means he gave us to know him to be like, who is God? I'm looking up here. If you could see the podcast, I'm looking around the room. It's like, God, I want to know you. Where are you? Where are you? And yet it's like, you're ignoring the book that's right in front of you. That was literally a gift from him so that we could know him. And, and it's not the, the only way, but it is the primary way. And so I just think that's so cool that you have that testimony. And I think that that's encouraging to those of us who are like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to get it all perfect. You know, I'm not supposed to, that was Jesus. That's what he did. That's, that's why he came, but I certainly want to obey. I certainly want to, um, because I love him. I want to seek him. I want to know him. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, I don't know. I think that's really cool. How does a week of free food sound? Pretty great, right? Well, my friend Leanne at Guaranteed Foods is offering you just that when you try out the in-home risk-free trial of her company's service. For a portion of their total food bill, thousands of families throughout Mid-America are enjoying complete home food service. That's a free delivery of the finest additive-free meats, seafood, poultry, and side dishes, individually portioned, packaged to eliminate waste. Professional food economists actually provide ordering and meal planning assistance, and they help tailor their products to your family's food budget, family size, and dietary needs. There is a high likelihood that food prices are going to continue to rise this year as gas becomes more expensive as transportation becomes more expensive for all the foods that are being shipped across the country. If you want to lock in your family's food dollar at a very reasonable rate, I would suggest you text Leanne today and check out Guaranteed. Seven eight five nine seven nine seven nine seven zero, and tell her Haley sent you, and she will get you hooked up with all the information you need. Leanne brought me some samples of this food, and it is legitimately good. Like I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that because she's a sponsor of Kindled. I'm telling you, this is food I enjoyed eating. I loved cooking. It having that kind of stuff in your freezer helps you eat out less, which saves you money. If you're anything like me. I, if I don't have easy options, I'm going to end up eating out. And that's like the worst thing you can do. It's the most expensive way to eat, but guaranteed foods helps you not to do that. Text her at 785-979-7970. Well, and I think, 
speaking about the Bible, you know, if it's an inerrant and infallible and inspired and all of those things, um, because it's a convicting book and because it talks about difficult things, so many people have tried to make it not the authority that it should be. Um, I remember a quote from, I read the book, The Shack many moons ago. Um, and a quote in that book was that we don't want to put God in a box, but we don't mind putting him in a book. No, he put himself in that book. He chose that way of communicating with us. He chose the written word as his way of showing us who he is and who are we to question that? Because that's what he chose to do. So, but because it's hard and because there are things in there that we don't, we don't want to read. We don't want to know, um, just difficult topics. Um, all you have to do is read through the old Testament, read through the book of judges. And there's just a ton of stuff in there that is hard to read. Mm -hmm. Um, so then we try, we try to, to tone it down. We try to make it palatable. We, we want to make it so, oh, well, he didn't really mean that. No, he did. And he chose that way to communicate with us. And, and Mm -hmm. who are we to make it something it's not? Yes. Romans nine, you know, why, why, how, how does the clay say to the the potter? Why have you made me this way? Like, that's what I always think of. Um, And yet that is our gut reaction and, uh, or, or even just God, like, why are you allowing the, the suffering that we see in the world today? Why are you allowing the border crisis? Like, Mm -hmm. why are you allowing these five and six-year-old children to be separated from the group they're coming over with illegally and being scared. And I, you know, watching these videos, like I, it makes me angry. Yes. And, and my question is, God, why are you allowing this? Like you could stop it. Why are you allowing this? And yet I always have to come back to like, he, he is the one who provided the solution to that. You know, uh-huh. he is the one who already made a way. I want him to, I want him to fix things. He has fixed things eternally. He has, he has, but it's, but it's the already and the not yet. They haven't all come to fruition. He has, fix the sin problem. Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus died. It's like, so I know from scripture, I know, I, I, I know be beyond the shadow of a doubt that, that God has spoken into even the suffering and the pain and the sorrow that we see today in the world. And yet I also know that it is, there are certain aspects of, of that solution that are still in seedling form. As my pastor would say, there's this full bloom aspect to the Bible and some things that we see planted in the the old Testament don't come to fruition until the new Testament. We Mm -hmm. see seedlings planted of, you know, ideas of feasts and banquets and, or, you know, a theme of water or, you know, all these things that are like kind of planted there in the old Testament. And then in the new Testament, we see them come to fruition or the full bloom aspect of that concept. And I'm probably butchering it. He, he actually, I interviewed my pastor, Jeff Terrell on, an episode, um, which I can link in the show notes, but he talks about that and he explains it way better than I am. But, um, but some of those concepts like, and, and even salvation and redemption and restoration are concepts that are planted in the old Testament that we see develop over time and, and income f- further develop in the new, but we're, they're not yet completed. Mm-hmm. Redemption is not is not complete yet. Yes, we are completing Christ, but our, I should say the, the full spectrum of that to being brought into glory and restored, you know, fully present with God in eternity hasn't happened for us yet. And yet we know that our, our salvation is securing Christ 
and that nothing can cause us to fall out of his hand, you know? Um, and so there's just so many things like that, that when you, you know, I, I guess I'm using that example of the border crisis as a way that I, as a, as a Christian, as someone who knows God, I still get frustrated and angry at some of the things that I see in the world. Mm-hmm. And I still question him and ask him why. And, and I'm, I'm angry, like righteously angry, not at him, but at the sin and at the brokenness and just the evil that is happening. And I know that he could stop it, you know, but I also know that he has ultimately. And so I go back to like, what do I know from scripture? Well, how do I see God's character? He loves us. He, you know, what an earthly father gives his children fish and bread. Like, do I not think that our heavenly father will give us everything that we ask or imagine and, and beyond what we need? And I go to scripture and it's like, my mind is flooded with truth in that moment. And that's because I know the Bible and that's because I know God through the Bible. And so even though I, I'm not going to say I, I no longer am angry, like, you no, know, I still am angry about some of the stuff that's going on. And I, um, I still am sad about a lot of, of sin and evil that I see just being, you know, it seems to be winning, but I also know from scripture, like, no, it doesn't win. No, go back to what is true. Don't allow those, those thoughts that could easily cause you to go and like point an accusing finger at God, you know? to, to take over, like go back to what is true. And, and that's where the Bible is, um, such a huge gift to us because it is relevant for our lives today. It is not, you know, it's not as though I have to live, live this life, um, with a blindfold on just walking by faith that is blind. No, my faith is, is anchored in something that is not blind. I I see it like God didn't have to give me that, but he did, you know, he showed me who he is. So I guess I could just rant forever, but well, there's another layer to that too, because we, what we're seeing today, we don't, he knows, like he is currently in the future yeah. with those children that are be, being dropped over the wall. You know, yeah. he, he sees the full story, right? I mean, if you think back to the story of Joseph, if there was someone mm-hmm. that saw his brothers sell him into slavery, mm-hmm. they would have been just dumbfounded. livid they would have been trying to rescue joseph from that situation Mm -hmm. but now we get to see the full picture we know what god was doing with that and so all of these things that are happening yes because of sin yes because of evil in the world he you know what what we mean for evil god will Mm -hmm. use for good and we just don't we don't see that so we have to trust we have to trust that he is sovereign that he cares about each and every one of those children and that he will be glorified through mm-hmm. what happens in their lives. And so. that vengeance is his, you know, yes. ultimately he is a just judge and justice will come to anyone who perpetrates injustice against, especially the especially fatherless, children. the widows, yeah. the sojourners, like, you know, you, you've got all these like liberal, liberal politicians talking about how much we should value the sojourner and the refugee. And it's like, by, by inviting them to be dropped over the wall and left in the wilderness, is that, right. that's your idea of love and wow. Okay. You know? And so it's like, it's easy to get really amped up on just the, the, the complete twisting of scripture and, and these biblical concepts and ideas that it's like, no, God's heart is the one that cares. Like mm-hmm. not you and your flawed policies. God is the one who saves and who is looking out for those, those children and those women and, and those men who are, um, who have really been caught in the crosshairs of a, of a disgusting and despicable political battle. Like Mm -hmm. that's, 
that's what's happening is it's, it's human lives being devalued, you know, and, and God hates that. He hates it, whether it's in the womb or out of the womb or, or in any stage of life, he hates it. Mm -hmm. And that's sin. And that is from the evil one who only looks to, um, you know, to destroy life. And so we, you know, our anger can be directed at sin and, and it can, um, righteously, we can righteously be angry. We don't want to sin in that, but, um, but we don't have to point the finger at God when we look at scripture and see his faithfulness, his goodness, his plan being worked out, him working all things to good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We, we can be like, oh yeah, I know. I know that you are still at work. I, I trust that you are because of who your character, who you've said that you are, you cannot change. You cannot lie. You know, you don't change with the times or, uh, with whoever's president, like you are, um, you are, you are constant and the word gives us that without the Bible, we don't know any of that, you know? Right. And, and just like the example you brought out of Joseph, I mean, how many countless stories are there? I mean, especially old Testament, but all throughout scripture showing us the faithfulness of God. And if Absolutely. we don't read our Bibles, we have very little to go on to give us faith that God is still present and working and with us. And it gives us faith to trust him when hard things happen in our yeah. lives, not just what we're seeing around us, um, right? because we've seen him be faithful in all of these things. And even in our own lives, as we allow him to work, we see him be faithful with all these little things. So then when a big storm comes, mm -hmm. it's hard, but we can trust him and we know we can yeah. trust him. Yeah. And the big storm will come, yes. you know, it's like, I, not to forebode joy, but I'm always like whenever I have that thought of like, man, life is really good. This is really easy. I'm like, something's coming, you know, yeah. like yeah. It, it will come and not in a way of like, you know, uh, just, I'm not, not to be afraid, but just to, to use those times to store up that, you know, those, that information, that knowledge that will then needs to sink into your heart to create a, a rest and assuredness in God's goodness for the times where it's not so easy. Yeah. When my, yeah. when my dad finally passed away a few years ago, I honestly don't think I would have survived that if I had not already been on this journey, God had built up my faith and he had, he, he doesn't have to prove himself to us, but he right. had proven himself to me wow. through all of these little things. So that when that came, I knew, even though I didn't understand, and even though it was very painful and, and it still hurts it, I can trust him. Mm -hmm. He knows what yeah. he's doing. I don't know what he's doing, but he knows what he's doing. And that's a good enough for me. So right. if I hadn't, if I hadn't already been in the word, I wouldn't have had that response to that big storm that came in my life. And so my encouragement to women is don't wait until you're desperate. Start mm. now. I mean, it's yeah. never too late. It's never too late, for but sure. start now, study the word build your confidence in God, build your faith in God, get to know him now. And then when you really need him, yeah. which we always need him, but when you recognize that you really need him, mm -hmm. you will be able to trust him. Wow. That's such, such sound advice because so many times in my life, the times where I go to God in desperation are, are those situations where he's brought me to something really, really hard that I'm like, okay, I, sh I definitely can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And now I need you, God. And, and then you're like, it's, it's like you're trying to play catch up with 
remind me who you are. Help me understand. Help me see. I need, I really need help here. I'm struggling so hard. Um, and, and that, that is like that that's backwards, but that's, I mean, God's faithful. He will use, he will bring us to things that we cannot deal with on our own. If that's what it takes to bring our hearts back to him. Like he's jealous, he's a jealous God and he wants our hearts. So, so yes, he will use those things, but don't like, I, I don't know if this is wrong to say, but it's like, why would you want to make him do that? You know, like, it's almost like we're testing God. Like mm-hmm. how, how far can I go on my own before I need you? You know, right. before I have to open that Bible, let's see. Oh, I made another day. I'm still good. Okay. Thanks. Cool. Thanks God. Thanks yep. for showing up for me and my little, little popcorn prayers up to you. Every time I, I need help with some patience with my kids, you know, and yet never sitting down to pray, never sitting down to be silent before him, never sitting down to worship him or, or standing or kneeling. I don't know, whatever you want to do, but like never just giving ourselves to him and seeing what he wants to do with us, you know, mm-hmm. um, always kind of being like, what do I need you for? You know, like he's this genie, um, which is the, just the most offensive visual, but, but it is sometimes how we can, we can end up treating him in our hearts mm-hmm. when we're, we're kind of going to him just as a, like we're on a, as needed basis, you know? Well, and would you do that to anybody else in your life? Like, would you treat your husband that way? No, you're going to sit down. You're going to ask him how his day was, even if you don't care how his day was, because you want him to feel like you appreciate him and you know him and you love him. And yet we treat God that way where, well, I don't need you today. So we're not going to talk. I don't need you today. So I'm not going to spend time in your word. Yeah. If you're like, I'm not in a good mood, so I'm not going to be emotionally available to you. Like your husband's going to be hurt by that. And it's going to affect your relationship the next day too. Right. It doesn't just, it's not just like in the moment, like, okay, cool, whatever. Like he's a person, he has feelings. He, I wouldn't say it's appropriate to say God has feelings, but like, um, you know, just as a reflection of God, like that relationship gets affected by Uh how we behave. And that's what we're saying. Um, so, okay. So we've, we've talked about so many things here, but getting practical, what does someone need to do today? If they want to start studying their Bible, like if someone's like, okay, fine, you've sold me, but what do I do here? If I open it up, like, where do I begin? What do I need to know? Help them, help them take the next step. Okay. So the first thing I would say is take a hiatus from Bible studies and, and books about the Bible and just spend time in the Bible all you really need to study the Bible is you and the Bible. (laughs) Now, if you want to bring in a journal and a pen and a commentary or use a study Bible that has cross references. And I, I do have a free resource, um, a workbook. It's called six steps to study the Bible on your own. And just spoiler, there are seven because I throw in a bonus step, but um, it, it walks you through how to do that. And, uh, but all you really need is you and the Bible because you're not showing up alone. Jesus is showing up with you. Um, the, uh, my next tip would be to decide on studying a book, a whole book. Don't cherry pick passages, but find a book that you're interested in knowing more about and just sit with that book. Um, it's a lot easier to take things out of context if we cherry pick. And so, you know, the Bible I don't know that the Bible is is necessary to read it and study it from cover to cover in that order, but each individual book should be studied from beginning to end. Um, And so pick a short book so that you see light at the end of the tunnel. If this is your first time to sit down, 
I love the book of Leviticus, but it's probably not the best book to start with. Um, Not only is it difficult to read, but it's, it's really heavy on law because that's what the book is about. So, you know, maybe choose a shorter book. When I started, I started with the book of Joel because it was a book that I didn't know a whole lot about and it's really short. And I will admit that halfway through, I was like, what am I supposed to learn in this book? It, I don't know if you remember what the book of Joel is about, but it's about locusts. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the book, God used that book to really stir my heart. So it's just pick a book, a short book yeah. and study it from beginning to end. And then mm-hmm. my third tip would be to have a plan, have a place where you're going to sit down to do it, have all of your supplies right there. So you're not spending the little time you have to study the Bible, you know, searching for your journal or searching for your pen, just have a plan, have a place, have everything prepared ahead of time and show up, just do it. Mm -hmm. Man, solid advice. I love that. I also think like maybe, you know, if you've never read it, starting in the gospels would be really good. Like John would be a great book to start in. Um, but yeah, like you said, short is good. John is what, 20? Yeah, it's a little bit long. Um, you know, the book of Philippians is fun. And four, easy. Yeah, four chapters. Yeah. And so it's it's one where you can, if you're just getting your feet wet, you're just mm-hmm. dipping your toe in the water. Um, it's a it's one that, you know, the book of Ruth. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, I was going to say that. It's a neat always, story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I was going to mention was... Um, you know, looking, keeping this in mind, whatever you're studying, you said this earlier, but looking for God, looking mm-hmm. for Jesus, because he's in every story. He's mm-hmm. in every book. He's in everything. Like you mm-hmm. said, Jesus is the word, um, you know, and that's, that's both in John and Genesis, the word was with God. And, you know, uh, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. And then in John, we see that reflected in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And so again, we see Jesus there at the very beginning and he is the word. And so we're meeting to study him. And we're also meeting him as we're studying, (laughs) you know, it's just so mind blowing. If you think about how interconnected everything is and how present Christ is in every story. And sometimes it's harder to find, and I have needed help to find where is Jesus in the story. I don't see it. But even like you said, Leviticus, the laws, I mean, the heaviness, the, all the blood, all of the blood, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. all the sacrifices, the requirements, the, you know, the rules, just all of this like stuff that doesn't really make sense to us in our cultural context. When you think of it in light of where is Jesus in this, you see like, that's what they had to do. That is, this is the holiness of God that I'm dealing with. This is how holy and separate and set apart God is from me that that was what was required for them to be made right with him in this temporary basis. But the repetitiveness every year, you know, every so often they had to do this and the continual, you know, the, the perfect lamb, just continually having to slaughter the perfect lamb, the, the never ending nature of that. It's like, that was the sacrifice that was required. That is what Christ fulfilled once and for all on the cross. Again, I mean, we, we can, we can literally look at any story, even Ruth, you know, the kinsman redeemer, we can see so many ways that we we are able to see different aspects and learn about who Jesus is and the heart of God through that, that we would not, there would be a richness that's lost if all you ever do is read like a daily and nightly devotional. Well, and it's not that we aren't going to learn about ourselves. 
It's no, just right. that the Bible is not about us. So the book of right. Ruth, it talks about the kinsman redeemer. It, it shows how God loves his people and loves individuals. But the book of Ruth was, it taught me how to mourn in a godly way. So there are things that you are going to pull from the passage, but your primary goal is to get to know God. And yeah. as an overflow of that, you will learn about yourself and you will learn how, how to conduct yourself. You will learn how to approach him. You will learn how to approach others, how to love God, love others. Mm -hmm. um, just because he sets that example for us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Man, that's so good. Uh, I could talk to you about this like all day. So <laughs> anything that people need to avoid or look out for as they begin to study? <sighs> so many things. I mean, that's why I say just, it just needs to be you and the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I do think they need to avoid looking for themselves in scripture or looking for other people like, oh, so-and-so needs to read, read this passage because, yeah. you know, they need to simply be looking for God and be humble um, there are, there are a ton of pitfalls. If you start getting into man written Bible studies and yeah. books, some of those are very good. And, and a lot of them are very good. And mm -hmm. I have learned a lot from other authors, mm -hmm. but until you know who God is, it's going to be hard for you to recognize when those people go astray. Right. Yeah, that's really true. Sticking with the Bible and, uh, and yeah, I mean, maybe another good way to go about that too would be to get, see if your church has a Bible study. I mean, a lot of churches do study books of the Bible together without mm -hmm. extra books. Our church is doing that. There's always one book study that they're doing. And if you want support in learning how to do that, I mean, there are other women um, in your church, women and men who have been doing this longer than you, and they would love nothing more than to share you know, how they're doing that. And, and if you're in a biblical church, I would say that's a great, a great place to go. I mean, I would say if you're in a biblical church, that's, that's an if there, but, um, but I mean, I've, I've done a couple Bible studies with my church women's ministry and I always glean so much more than I expect that I would, even though I've read the book before, you know, even yeah. though, yeah, I've read Genesis before, but still studying Genesis. Like I, there was so much that I, picked up on this last time when I did it a few months ago that I had never realized. And it, and it just like, it opened my eyes in a whole new way. And, and I know that's the Holy spirit doing that through the word, but making me just that much more in awe of what God has done and is doing, you know? Yeah. So another thing to avoid as well is, is perfectionism. This idea of the Instagram Bible study, you know, the Instagram picture that yeah. Felicia Masonheimer talks about. Um, I think we can get caught up in, oh, I have to do it at this time of day. And it has to be for this amount of time. And it has to look a certain way. And if I can't check all those boxes, then there's no point in doing it. And yeah. so we need to be, we need to be available for it. You know, sitting in the, the car line, picking yeah. up our kids from, from school, or maybe we get up before everybody else does. Um, and it, we have to sacrifice a little bit of our sleep, or maybe it happens at lunchtime when, you know, we're at work all day, but we have a break at lunchtime. So we need to be flexible with, and you know what, it doesn't have to be every day either. I mean, mm -hmm. it's great to get into a routine, but if the, if not having a routine, is going to keep you from it, then don't have a routine. It's mm -hmm. just do it. <laughs> I think yeah. we need to avoid this idea that it has to be picture perfect every time. 
Right. I think that's so true. And legalism is so easy to set in because then if you mess that up, you're just like, well, now I got to stay away because I failed. Yep. And that's yep. not, you know, you're missing the entire point. So don't go there. Um, so Kelly, tell us how people can find out more about your course if they want your help kind of stepping into this and they want to go deeper and learn um, at an accelerated pace, how to how to do this effectively and maybe develop a lifelong skill. Um, where do they learn more about that? My website, it's just kellygarms.com. Um, and it is a membership. It's a monthly membership. So um, each month we have a lesson. Um, each month I do a Bible markup video where I'm showing how my, I'm tra- I'm putting notes in my Bible based on my Bible study. And then we also have a live Q and a call every month. Um, but the, we don't study the Bible together because the point is to teach others how to study it for themselves. Mm. Now there it's, it's a very new thing. Like I said, it's been less than a year, so it's still morphing and, and mm-hmm. adjusting, but, um, uh, and then you can, I'm always sharing things on Instagram at Kelly Garms and on Facebook, Kelly Garms is my, I tried to make it easy. All of them are the same. Cool. So. Yeah. And that's Kelly with an I, yes. man, thank you so much. I will link that in the show notes so people can just click on over real easily if they want to learn more and get connected with you over there. Thank you and so much. Again, there's the free workbook as well. And that's probably the best place to start because it okay. walks you through. And they grab that on, on your Instagram profile or on your website. Yes. On both. Mm-hmm. Both. Okay. So anywhere you go, you'll find it. You've yep. done this, you've made this cohesive. That's always easy. Great. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate your time and your wisdom. And I, I always look forward to what you share on Instagram. So people go, go follow you over there and um, start learning from Kelly. She's very wise, wise beyond your years. Thank you. I love talking about this stuff. So <laughs> yeah, me too. Thanks girl. See you later. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope that was an encouraging and edifying episode for you. If you are in Patreon, I will see you this Friday. And if you want to learn more about that, remember that you can visit patreon.com slash kindled podcast to do so. I mentioned this last week, but um, after May, I will be taking a summer break for June and July and will not be airing any new kindled episodes Uh, My plan is to come back in August, but we will just see how the summer goes. I kind of like to hold that with an open hand and just, you know, kind of play it by ear. Um, So if you do not want to be bereft of all kindled in your life, then you can um, hop into the Patreon community and you will continue to get weekly episodes from me. It'll just air on Fridays. And I think I'm going to switch it up in there over the summer and do a little bit more, maybe a little Q&As with some people. I don't know. We're going to see what I can come up with, but I have some ideas. So that's the deal with Patreon. Would love to see you in there. Otherwise, I will see you on Instagram. Um, Come say hi to me at hayleywilliams.kindled on there. And as always, you can get show notes and more information at my website, kindledpodcast.com. All right, guys, have an amazing week and I will see you next Monday.